Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series in the book of James with this message entitled, The Sin of Discrimination. Preach August 11th, 2013. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to James chapter 2, verse 1. We are talking about the sin of discrimination. And I have bad news for you. Sin of discrimination is going to continue until Christ comes. Because this is a fallen world where there exists sin. And it is the reality this sin is also found in the church. So in the first half of chapter 2 of his epistle... James deals with the sin of discrimination in the early church. The church in the first century was not a perfect church. There are people who call themselves New Testament church. The idea is pretty perfect. No, New Testament church wasn't perfect. There was discrimination, as it is true today. There was discrimination between the rich and the poor, Jews and Gentiles, and so on. Historically, there existed church for the poor and church for the rich and powerful. Church for the whites and church for the blacks. The poor believers were not allowed to worship with the rich believers. Look at Acts chapter 6. It tells how poor Greek-speaking Jewish widows were neglected in the daily distribution of food. The apostles corrected this sin of discrimination. In the church of Corinth, there was discrimination of poor believers by the wealthy. So we read in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty through 22, when you come together, it is not the Lord's supper you eat, For as you eat, each of you goes ahead without waiting for anybody else. Especially for the poor slaves. One remains hungry, another gets drunk. Don't you have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? And this is why a number of them were weak and sick and a good number were dying. Even Apostle Peter discriminated against Gentile believers when he in fear of the Jews withdrew from eating with them for which St. Paul publicly rebuked him in the church of Syrian Antioch which was mainly a Gentile church. So we read in Galatians 2, when Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face 
because he was clearly in the wrong. Before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. St. Paul deals with the issue of discrimination in the church of Rome in his letter to that church. He tells in Romans 15, accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. So also James deals with the sin of discrimination in chapter 2. He demands that such sinful discrimination be stopped. Because faith in Jesus Christ and sinful discrimination cannot coexist in Christ's church. Sinful discrimination contradicts Christian faith. This does not mean scripture advocates a sinful egalitarianism. Instead, the Bible teaches that children obey parents, wives to be submissive to their loving husbands, believers to obey their spiritual leaders, and all are to submit to God-appointed rulers of the state who rule for the good of the people. So Paul told us in Romans 13, give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Point number one, God does not discriminate. Sinful discrimination treats people differently based on mere outward appearance, not on the basis of internal matters of the heart. The truth is all are created by God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And St. Paul tells us he was chief of sinners. He says in First Timothy 1, Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. Then he says, here is a trustworthy saying and deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his Unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. 
All our sinners, sir, all are under the wrath of God. And God saves everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord by grace alone. So a believer boasts only in the Lord. Saint Peter was taught a lesson by God himself. Not to discriminate anyone. So we read in Acts 10 verse 34. Then Peter began to speak to Cornelius and his household. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. And so while Peter was still speaking these words. The Holy Spirit came upon all who heard the message. And now they have to baptize these people. And they did. St. Paul tells us in Ephesians 2. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Jew and Gentile. Consequently you are no longer foreigners and aliens. But fellow citizens with God's people. And members of God's household. And in Ephesians 3, 6. He says this mystery is that through the gospel the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. Romans 2.11 says for God does not show favoritism. Leviticus 19.15 Do not pervert justice. Do not show partiality to the poor. Or favoritism to the great. But judge your neighbor fairly. In Galatians 3. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ. Have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Jesus saves. Jesus saves only sinners. Not the proud and the self-righteous of the world. A discriminating Christian is a self-righteous Christian, a transgressor of God's law of love. Number two, church should not discriminate. So James tells us in James 2, 1 through 7. He prohibits believers in Christ from discriminating if God does not discriminate his children his children should be like our heavenly father and not discriminate he gives an illustration a visitor comes to the assembly with one or many gold rings in his fingers and dressed In very expensive shining clothes. 
Philosopher Seneca says, we adorn our fingers with rings and we distribute gems over every joint. Those who show favoritism to the rich does not see the glorious Lord Jesus Christ. They are impressed by the glory of man seen in the gold and shining robe and expensive hairdo. They are rich and famous people. We read of the rich man of Luke 16 verse 19 and he was dressed in purple and lived in luxury every day and rich people received special treatment and people said to him very graciously he is asked to sit in a good place front not at the back of the bus front on a good seat this is obsequious favoritism go and find out what that word means (laughs) but then comes another visitor a very poor man with filthy and torn clothes dirty stinking fellow he is told to stand at the back or sit on the floor James condemns this sin of discrimination based on external factors thus the church is judging people unrighteously remember what God said to Samuel do not consider his appearance or his height for I have rejected him the Lord does not look at the things Man looks at, man looks at the outward appearance and even today it is true. But the Lord looks at the heart. Concerning Messiah and his rule, Isaiah says in Isaiah 11, he will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. And Jesus said in John 7, Stop judging by mere appearance. Make a right judgment. The church has discriminated by honoring the rich and famous and despising the poor. The church discriminated by judging people with sinful reasonings. Chapter 2 of James verse 4. The church probably expected the rich man to give a large offering. The poor man would give nothing and would need help from the church. James is saying it is sin to discriminate By those who believe in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. Who is coming soon to judge. 
So we read in James 5 verse 8 and 9. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against each other brothers. Or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Number three. God honors the poor. In fact the gospel is preached only to those who consider themselves wretched. Miserable, poor sinners in need of mercy and not justice. So Jesus said in Luke 4, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. The gospel invites those who are weary and heavy laden to receive the rest of salvation. James demands that the church pay careful attention, verse 5, to what he has to say. Listen, my beloved brothers, it's an imperative. God from all eternity chose the poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith, James says. This divine election is the basis of our salvation, not your righteousness. And in Ephesians chapter 1, beginning with the verse 4, we read, For he, God, chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. God chose us to be saved from all eternity. 1 Corinthians 1, 27 and 28. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose, 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 chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and things that are not to nullify things that are. The vast majority of believers in God's church are poor in the eyes of the world. They are just ciphers. The rich young ruler rejected the kingdom blessing of eternal life because he was a fool. Like Nabal and an idolater. And St. Paul tells us in 1 Timothy 6, 9 and 10, people who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. The rich man of Luke 16 expected to go to heaven without trusting in the Messiah, but trusting in his own wealth. He also expected the poor Lazarus who trusted in the Messiah to go to hell because he was not wealthy. 
James tells us that the poor are chosen by God from eternity to be rich in faith. And without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. It is by faith we are in Christ. Those who are rich in faith are rich in God. The rich young ruler had vast wealth but no faith. He was not rich toward God. We are told about the church of Smyrna in Revelation 2. It was poor church. But this is what Jesus Christ says. I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet you are rich. That is rich in God. And poor apostle Paul declares about himself sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Poor, yet making many rich, having nothing, and yet possessing everything. When you possess God, you possess everything. Jesus was rich and yet he became poor to make us rich. So says St. Paul, 2 Corinthians 8, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich Jesus was rich and yet he became poor to make us rich Jesus said about himself foxes have holes Jesus was the most poor person in the whole world foxes have holes birds of the air have nests but the son of man has no place to lay his head. He had no money to pay tax. The creator and the owner of the world borrowed womb and manger, room and tomb, boat and donkey, and he depended on others for daily bread. The materially poor in the eyes of the world are much more likely to realize their spiritual need and trust in the only Savior, Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. The rich are much more likely to trust in their wealth. We are told the sinners, the common people, listen to the Lord Jesus Christ gladly. Eternal life, friends, does not consist in the abundance of things, but knowing God. The question is, are you rich toward God? Are you rich in God? Have you trusted in Jesus Christ alone? Are you rich in faith? That's a question. Is God your treasure? And are you God's treasure? 
We read in 1 Peter 2 verse 9, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. God's treasure. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And the psalmist says in Psalm 73, Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing. I desire besides you, my flesh and my heart may fail. That's the truth. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. The poor who are rich in the faith are God's treasured possession. His segula in Hebrew. His precious jewels. And God is their precious inheritance. How do you dare to discriminate the poor people of God? At his second coming, the poor Christians shall hear from the king's lips these words. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. There's the heirs of the kingdom enjoy, friends, eternal life. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Friends, in Jesus Christ, we own everything. And so St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3, So then no more boasting about men. All things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours. And you are of Christ and Christ is of God. <laughs> what more do you want, sir? God promised his kingdom to the poor believers in Jesus. We are told by James. And he always keeps his promises. Paul says in Second Corinthians 1, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Let God be true. And all men lives. How do we know that we are chosen from all eternity? The answer, because the chosen ones are born of God, James 1.18. God has given us birth by the word of truth. Have you believed in Jesus Christ? Then you are chosen. By God from all eternity. The next test is. They have the life of God in the soul of man. They love God. By keeping his commands. They don't argue about God's word. They believe God's word. They do what God tells them. 
That obedience shows you love God. That you are born of God. That you are chosen by God from all eternity. It is natural, friends, for God's children to love their father and obey him gladly. So James 1 verse 12 says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Don't worry when the world hates you. Don't worry when the church of Christ treats you with contempt. Jesus, the son of God, was discriminated by the church and the world. Remember Simon, the rich Pharisee, invited Jesus Christ for dinner. But he treated him with contempt. He did not give him water to wash his feet. He did not give oil for his head. And he did not give him kiss. Above all, they crucified the Holy One of God. Jesus suffered the greatest injustice in his world. Yet he never discriminated, we are told in Luke 20 verse 21. If God himself chose the poor in the eyes of the world to inherit eternal salvation and thus he honored them, it is a terrible sin to despise the poor and honor the rich. And that by the church which consists mostly of poor people. We must reject the values of the world. The world favors the rich and famous. They are treated as stars. The church must repent of her sin. She must be transformed by the renewing of her mind. By the word of God. The church must experience the ongoing sanctifying work of the spirit. The church should be the one place where all worldly sinful distinctions are wiped out. As we who received mercy meet in the presence of the king of glory. Pastor Kent Hughes tells this story. A story is told of a poor woman who lived on the wrong side of the track. But she decided to join a church where the rich people worshipped. Pastor said to her to go home and think about it for a week. She came back. After thinking, she wanted to join. Then pastor said, let us not be hasty. Go home and read the Bible an hour a day for a week. She came back. She wanted to join. Pastor said to her, I have one more suggestion. Pray every day this week to make sure God wants you to join this rich church. She did not return to the church. After six months, pastor met her on the street and inquired what she had decided. She said, I did what you asked me to do. I went home and prayed and prayed and prayed. 
One day while I was praying, the Lord said to me, Don't worry about getting into that church. I have been trying to get into it myself. <laughs> For the last 20 years. There is only one church for all God's holy people. For poor and rich, white and black, Jew and Gentile, in Christ we are one. There is one holy, universal, apostolic church. Sinful discrimination denies this truth. He who dishonors the poor dishonors God, who chose the poor to be rich in God. We are of one family, members of one body. We are brothers and sisters. How can we discriminate members of our own family? The world may hate us, but Christians must love one another. We must love orphans, widows, aliens, the poor. We must not practice reverse discrimination either. We must repent of all sinful discrimination. Number four, the rich persecutes the poor. James gives another historical argument against showing partiality to the rich unbelievers. Who are these rich people? They were those who were continually oppressing and exploiting the poor. And he will speak about it in James chapter 5. Now listen, you rich people, weep and wail because of the misery that is coming upon you. Your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workmen who moved your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered innocent men who were not opposing you. Next, the rich also drag the poor to court to take their properties by bribing the judges. This is a historical reality. Next, the rich of this world continually blaspheme our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, whose name the poor confessed and in whose name they were baptized. So Peter says, however, if suffer us a Christian... Do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. Listen to the confession of St. Paul himself. Many a time I went from one synagogue to another to have them punished. And I tried to force them to blaspheme in my obsession against them. I even went to foreign cities to persecute them. The argument of James is this. How can you show respect of persons to the rich who persecute the poor Christians in these horrible ways? 
They must stop this discrimination. They must repent of their sins. They must honor the poor whom God has honored. All believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ ought to love one another even as Christ loved us and gave himself for us in the atoning death on the cross. So by way of conclusion, he who was rich became poor so that through his poverty we might become rich and we are rich. He took our nature upon him. Hebrews 2.14 He took our sin upon him. 1 Peter 2.24 He took our curse upon him. Galatians 3.13 He took our death upon him. 1 Corinthians 15.3 Now because he lives, we live also. Friends, the gospel humbles us and grace enables us not to discriminate but to love one another by laying down our lives, especially for the people of God. Heavenly Father, we pray that you help us to render obedience to the word we heard. In Jesus' name, amen.